Today's episode of Recovery Survey is fueled by Brainwash Coffee Company. I'm sure you've heard that drug and alcohol use is on the rise, especially during the pandemic. And Brainwash Coffee Company is working to raise money and awareness to support people seeking help. They donate 50% of their profits and their mission is to give back to the amazing recovery community. Their why is bold and their coffee is fresh. So if you want to sip on an amazing brew that warms your mind, body, and soul, then visit brainwashcoffeeco.com and use promo code recovery survey at checkout to get $5 off your first order. Brainwash Coffee Company, simple coffee for complicated people. You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. Like, how could I show up for myself the best without having to give up the drunken part? Because I didn't feel like that was an option anymore. And until that point, I still felt like there was some sort of hope in moderation, hope in outsmarting alcohol, hope in becoming someday normal. And in that moment, it was like, or I could just stop drinking. My guest today is named Gentry Jones. She is a social media influencer, and she shares real moments of being a single mom and doing this whole thing sober, and she is also a recovery coach. Welcome to the show, Gentry. My name is Gentry, and I am a sober single mom. I have a uh, Instagram page, TikTok, and use those as my a creative outlet to share um, hope and humor in like sober single mom community. And I got sober um, four years ago, a little over four years ago. And I had just hit a point in my drinking journey where I felt like there was no more like hope in being able to moderate or to be able to kind of outsmart my addiction. And I finally submitted to recovery. And so I now just work sharing my message on that and just sharing my message of living authentically as myself. I love that. And and that's, that's part of, I, I saw some of your different videos and stuff on social media and there's just some kind of energy about you and the, and the videos. And I just, I was drawn to you and I was like, I need to get her on the podcast. Like she has such a good energy. So upbeat, like, I don't know what it was, but something about the videos is just like, she seems like a great fit for the show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I try to, I try to have a lot of energy, but I also try to share like the realities of things too, you know, like talking about how it's overwhelming to be a single mom at times and it's overwhelming to be in recovery and it can be hard and whatever, but just this not using those obstacles as, as like um, opportunities to self doubt or have self pity, but have there as opportunities to grow and to find the positive and to really challenge yourself to um, push through. And that's the, that's where I think the energy comes from. And my, my view on obstacles has completely changed. Obstacles used to be like, stop me in my track and felt like, why me? I'm working so hard. Why, why does the, why do these obstacles happen? And now when obstacles comes like, okay, like this is going to be something great is going to come from this. Like, this is like trusting the journey, trusting the path. And so the energy, even in my obstacles, is is that this faith that what's meant to be will be. And um, yeah, so trying to show 
that it's not all butterflies and rainbows, but even in like the shitty hard moments, we can find positive and faith in the journey. Well, and I think that's why your videos feel so real and authentic is because I feel like the majority of people on social media are only posting the good times, the highlights, the accomplishments, look at how great I'm doing, look at what I've done, like all the the positives and and you show the good, the bad, the ugly and so it just feels more real and I think people are drawn to that to seeing that the people that we see on social media aren't these like perfect people that are living these fantasy lives. We all struggle. We all have difficulties. We all have to face life on life's terms and deal with those. And then we in recovery have to deal with life on life's terms. And now we have to do it without the assistance of, of substances to help us cope with those things. So I I love that, that you do that and you show some of those raw, real moments. Thank you. I definitely try to to change that about the influencer world is is that it's you're right it's not so much of a highlight reel it's look at me look at this fancy trip I'm doing look at whatever or look at like like currently I'm um, renovating an Airbnb and I could have just shown like oh look at this beautiful renovation start to finish like the before and after but it's like I'm having to I was sleeping in this rare Airbnb at one point my house was Airbnb and I had a bucket to pee in and it was like there's 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 grit in it you know like you can't just be like look at this beautiful end result without showing that like it, it's taking sacrifices it takes work it takes and and that's that part is fun to me though that journey is like I love that I can say like at one point I was sleeping on a cot in this place with a bucket to pee in um and now look how beautiful it is because I put in the work in so Sorry, a little side rant there. But yeah, it's, it's not it's not just a finished product. You know, that's what life is about is enjoying the entire journey of the process. Like it's not worth the just focusing on the destination. It's about enjoying the entire journey. Mm, yes, yes. I had a guest on a, a while back and, and and she said a quote that stuck with me ever since she said it and she said that we're we're working today to build a life where we no longer feel the need to escape our current reality and i feel like that that's exactly what you're talking about you know being able to face the obstacles being able to face the challenges but continuing to move forward and being positive and and finding the beauty in things because i know for me as someone in recovery, I tend to, to come from a place of negativity. I can see all the terrible things. I can see all the bad things that aren't going the way I want them to. And I can so quickly forget all the blessings and all the good things that are in my life and just focus, like hyper-focus on all these negatives. So, yeah, I, I, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. So if you wouldn't mind, maybe you could kind of tell us a little bit about your backstory, maybe what it was like and what that moment was, I mean, you, you kind of hinted at it a little bit, but, but the moment where you decided like, I can't continue living this way. I need to do something different. So the moment that I decided I couldn't live this way anymore was not my worst drinking moment. And I think that that's important to recognize because people think like, man, I hit rock bottom. I did the most embarrassing thing that I ever did. And then I still didn't quit drinking. Like, am I ever going to quit? And, and it wasn't that it was the worst moment that I had. It was that it was just the moment where I finally submitted to not wanting to live like that anymore. And I had gotten home from a um, work lunch that I had drank at and felt um, started to get like too drunk and was also had vodka in a water bottle that that day. Um, Cause I was coming off of a binge and I, if I didn't drink, I would like get 
really sick and um, shaky or sweaty. So I would have to kind of keep that buzz until I could get home and fully detox. And I kind of panicked at work knowing that people knew, knew that I had been drinking and I left. And I, when I got home, um, I drived into my garage and was feeling like, is this like, I'm never going to overcome this. Is this what my kids are going to see the rest of their life? Is it better for them to see the train wreck and hope that they learn not to be like that? Or is it better to just remove myself from the, from the equation? And that was either suicide or run away or somehow just so like they don't deserve to have to see this. And so in that moment, like, how can I be the best drunk mom? Like, how could I show up for myself the best without having to give up the drunken part? Because I didn't feel like that was an option anymore. And until that point, I still felt like there was some sort of hope in moderation, hope in outsmarting alcohol, hope in becoming something normal, more of this like, why me hope? And in that moment, it was like, or I could just stop drinking. <laughs> like, it was kind of like, oh, wow, that's the obvious answer that I should have been doing this whole time. Like, or I could just admit and humble myself that I can't control this and that I should just stop drinking. And um, I mean, that, that like light bulb moment didn't fully come until I was sober the next day. It was more thinking about sitting in that car and staring at the open containers I had in the front seat and thinking about where my mind was in that moment. That was what really made the switch of like, okay, I, I, I could just choose to not drink anymore. And my drinking um, career started in high school and was 12 years, I think, into no, so more than that, over 10 years, I had been re really struggling with alcohol. I always felt that because I came from a good family, I didn't have any trauma. You know, people always talk about like alcoholics, they, they, they come from trauma. They come from like, they're poor, like these poor people are just so damaged that alcohol, like that was their release. And I didn't come from that. I came from a good family. I my parents were both teachers. I played sports in school. And so I didn't feel like I fit the the stereotype alcoholic so that therefore I should be able to outsmart it. And then as you learn, you know, as you learn in recovery and as I knew then, but didn't want to accept that there's just so much more to the dangers of alcohol than just trauma or, or being um, from a low income household or whatever it is, you know, the, the, that the stereotype that they like to try and fit. So I had 10 years in and out of drinking and having, um, kids and kind of starting and stopping and starting and stopping. And then, um, when I hit that moment, I decided that I was going to, that I deserved sobriety. I know when I was trying to get sober, my dad was saying like, you have four reasons right there to quit drinking. Like talking about my four kids, my four boys, uh, 11, nine, and then twins that are five. And you might hear them. They're out <laughs> the car banging on stuff right now. But I, uh, my dad said, you have four reasons right there to get sober. And it wasn't an issue of just of the trusting or agreeing that they deserve a better life or a better raising than what I was. It was more of believing that I deserve a chance to give them that. Like I had done so much already. I already felt like I had, I was, I wasn't being who I wanted to be. I wasn't being, and, and just feeling it wasn't them deserving it. It was me deserving the chance of that happiness and the chance of feeling like I could show up for people and the guilt of things that I had done in the past and the guilt of where 
I've gone wrong or the compare game of like, well, I'm not like this mom and I'm not like that mom. And once I decided that I deserve to be happy and that I deserve to show up for my kids because it makes me feel good and that's okay to like enjoy that um, and I deserve that, that's when I could really start leaning into my sobriety. And that's what I started sharing about is kind of that love for myself. And then as I kind of shared that on Instagram, I started talking about how I quit drinking. It was very, very vanilla the first time I just like it just talked about um quitting drinking I was like oh I decided to take a break it wasn't like I was gonna kill myself in my garage <laughs> it was very like I'm just gonna like really tone this down I wasn't ready to share the whole story yet but the more I shared the more free I felt by it and the more authentic I felt and the more I felt like that's where my recovery lies is sharing my story sharing my journey sharing the ups and downs and to sugarcoat it is not fair to the people that need to hear how those dark moments uh oh <laughs> how those dark moments can really um he's okay there we go. um sorry but um how those dark moments um they're real and they're and we, we all we can all get there it there's like alcoholism does not discriminate and I love I love what you brought up there at the beginning, talking about how that rock bottom moment wasn't the moment that you stopped and that you continued to drink after that. And I think that's so important for people that are listening to hear that, because my story is the same way. I got arrested. I got a DWI. I got out of jail and I thought, this is it. Like, I'm never going to drink again. And it still took another two years before that light bulb moment. In it. And it wasn't like some big dramatic event in my case, it was just like a series of, of things that happened in my life and all those came together. And I was having a conversation with somebody and he was like pointing out some of the events that had happened. And was like, look, if you continue on this path, you're going to die, whether it's intentional or unintentional. And it was just like, mm -hmm. Oh, you're right. I need to stop. Like looking back at the evidence, like, you know, normal people aren't out there getting DWIs and then drinking while they're on probation and going to the bars mm -hmm. and like doing all this stuff. So I love that you mm -hmm. bring that up because I think a lot of people think like if this huge event in my life doesn't change, then like, am I destined to be an addict or an alcoholic for the rest of my life? And the answer is no, like we can, we can mm -hmm. find that hope whenever we can find that help whenever we're ready. We just have to ask. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, the worst moment I had was about eight months before I got sober and there had been several worst moments before that too. And so, yeah, it's, it's not a matter of like, you have to get so far, you know, like, it's like, I, I can't, I don't have to, I'm, I'm not that bad because I don't have a DUI or like, not that bad. I can, I use that. Not, I'm not that bad. Like I would compare myself to other people that were worse. A lot of the times, instead of saying like, is, but is it that bad to who I want to be? Like, instead of comparing myself to what Joe did down the street, like, well, at least I didn't fall and break my teeth um, or whatever it was. It was like, I had to compare myself to who do I want to be? And is it that bad compared to who I want to be? And it was like, there was, there was, so, there was years before that were worse and who I didn't want to be. And I just couldn't use that compare game. I haven't had a DUI yet. Then I had a DUI. I haven't had 
um, like I'm not drinking and driving until I was drinking and driving and I wasn't and like all these different things. So yeah, our, our brains can definitely trick us into co-signing our own bullshit. Mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think that's a trap that a lot of us fall into. Cause I did the same thing of like comparing myself to other people. I'm like, well, at least I'm not using needles. Oh, at least I'm not, you know, I had like all the, I had this whole checklist of like, well, at least I, you know, at least I, I, I rent a room from somewhere. I'm not homeless. At least I don't use needles at least. And I had like this whole thing, but, mm -hmm. but you're right. It's like, I'm not living the life that I want to be living. I'm not moving in the trajectory that I want to be on. Like, I know that I'm better than this. I know that I have so much potential. I don't want to be this person, but yeah, I, I did the same thing. I compared, I'm, I, Oh, I'm not as bad as this person. I'm not as bad as that person, but you're right. It, what other people are doing is irrelevant. It's all about, you know, in a, and then not to say it in like a selfish way, but it kind of is like, I need to worry about myself and not, not be worried about what other people are doing. You know, it's not what mm -hmm. I need to be doing. Like I, somewhere down there in my core, like I knew the way that I'm living is not the way that I want to be living. This is not what I should be doing, but I didn't know how to stop. You know, I think that's where a lot of people have that hang up and just continue. Cause I know how to do this. I know how to get high. I know how to get drunk. It's mm -hmm. easy for me to continue on this path. It's familiar and it's hard to do something different because it's scary. It's frightening. We don't know what it's going to be like. One of the misconceptions I had was like, if I stop, is my life going to be boring because I built my entire life around drinking and getting high? What am I going to do? You know, it's going to be boring. It's going to be lame. You know, people that don't use are boring. Um, mm -hmm. So it was just so frightening. Like, what do I do? But it was the best decision I ever made. It is. And it's so much of that fear of the unknown, right? Like, it's like we, we fear the unknown, even if like, if you're being abused, which we basically are being abused by alcohol or drugs, when you know, like, we're getting abused, or in any sort of like abusive relationship or any toxic job or whatever it is, you know, that you're gonna, what's gonna happen. Like, I knew my cycle, I knew I was gonna drink, have fun for a minute, have a meltdown stop for a minute and then drink again. Like I knew the cycle. And even though it wasn't a cycle that I wanted, I knew what to expect. And as soon as you shift anything in your life, whether you, whether you to remove toxic people or whether you um, move houses, I mean, like even the simple, any shift is going to be a new unknown. And I got so afraid of want of like change that I chose to continue to to choose the known. And I think that's something that I really have leaned into in recovery is having faith in the unknown. Like I lean into, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I know if I'm sober for one, that like I will figure it out. And just having a lot more faith in like whatever comes my way, I know I will figure it out. And I didn't have that confidence and that faith in the universe or faith in God or faith in uh, my abilities or whatever faith you want to have faith in for that. It's like it, that faith in like, okay, this is going to change. This is going to be different. And I, I will be okay. That's huge. That's huge for not just people to overcome in recovery. I think just overcome in life. Definitely something that I push myself to do in recovery is to continue to adapt and evolve and allow things to change me and allow things to change around me. 
And I think that's an important thing for anybody, whether, whether they're in recovery or not. But I know, I know for me in my recovery, I can't allow myself to get stagnant and stay in the same place. And I'm so bad about, I, I can fall into to habits and rituals so easily where I just, you know, I go to a meeting this day, I come home from work, I go to a meeting and, you know, just kind of like fall into this pattern mm-hmm. and it's kind of the same thing. And I need to shake that. I need to shake things up and, and, you know, do different things. And that's, that's one of the things that I love about this podcast is I get to have conversations with people all over the world and get to hear different perspectives. And I feel like it kind of helps. Uh, it helps me in my recovery and I know that it helps other people too, by getting to hear stories, but selfishly it helps me just by being able to have these conversations and make these connections. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we can't, we can't fall into that rut and just continue to do the same thing over and over again. If we want, if we want our lives to change, if we want things to get better or we want things to be different, we can't continue to do the same things and expect different results. Like that's, Mm -hmm. it's an old classic saying that we hear in meetings and stuff like, you know, repeating the same thing and expecting different results is insanity. And it, it truly is. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be curious to know what your life looks like today. I know you've mentioned the, the TikTok and the Instagram account, but I believe you also do some coaching and stuff. So what does your life look like today now that you're, a little over four years into your recovery journey. It sounds like you've, you've made some big strides. You're doing Airbnbs. You're, you're showing up for your kids. You're making awesome videos. Like what does your life look like today? So I was actually, when I got sober, I was a, um, accountant. I was a controller at a fruit packing warehouse. So I worked an eight to five job and was a, I I have my CPA license and I hated it. And that was part of the thing of like the, like just leaning into change it was like this is a well-paying job um they like me here i'm doing a good job or i'm doing a good enough job i don't know if they i was doing the best accounting work but i was i did a good job um there was no like there was retirement stability and i felt like i wanted more time home with my boys I felt like I wanted more opportunities to be creative because I felt like that's really where I've always wanted to be. Like as a kid, I wanted to be an actress and I wanted to be a producer. And I always thought it was like videos were fun. And like I, all these things that I wanted to do that I didn't do because I felt like I was supposed to go to college and get a degree and follow like that, like, um, path. And I was three years sober and I was like, I, I'm going to quit my job. (laughs) And my parents, freaked out a tiny bit. And I was like, if I fail, I go back to accounting. I have a CPA license. I will find an accounting job. I'll leave on good terms. Um, I won't burn any bridges, but I'm gonna, I want to lean into something new. And um, I quit my job. Um, I am certified and I do work with people in recovery and just help people find joy and work with like goals. Um, because a lot of times when we have goals, it requires change. And I really like like helping people through that change and, and, and embracing it. And so I do content. And then I started Airbnb at my house. Nobody in town that I know rents out their whole house. There was 65% of my Instagram followers said they would not open up their house to strangers to Airbnb. And I was like, but the benefit is, is that I could make money while people are in my house and I can vacation with my boys during that time. Or I can, we have an, uh, um, the other house that we're renovating next door. We can stay here and still go to the parks and still do all this stuff. 
And so it got, it was financially um, an opportunity and an opportunity to spend time with my boys, which is what I, I wanted. Like those are my two most, like two most important things. And um, yeah, so th- that's like where I'm at now. I went from a like desk CPA accounting job to just leaning into new opportunities. So I'm actually writing a chapter in a book that's coming out in January of 2023. So it's called Deserts to Mountaintop and with Jess Buchanan. So Jess Buchanan is, um, she was kidnapped in Somalia. Uh, I cannot remember how many years ago, but uh, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama actually sent Navy SEALs to rescue her. And so she's done public speaking and she's writing a book about that experience, a second book about that experience in her desert to mountaintop and asked other people, other women to be involved in each write a chapter. So I get to share my story there. And it's just like these different opportunities and leaning into things that come my way um, is where I'm at right now. And so we have the book, we have the coaching, we have the content creation and Airbnb. If you guys are in wine country and central washington nice nice uh so if, if there's somebody that's listening that's interested in your coaching services is there like a specific lane of coaching that you do do you like new sober or like further along trying to help people make changes in their life is there like a specific niche that you're in for the coaching or is it just kind of a general recovery coaching thing it is general recovery coaching at this point it hasn't I haven't niched, niched it down. Um, I really love helping people with goals because you, if your goal is to quit drinking, if your goal is to now you've quit drinking, but you feel stagnant, if your goal is um, to even lose weight or something like that, it's all very similar of embracing that change and leaning into it. Yeah, that's kind of where goal-oriented, whether whatever that goal might be is something that I really love working with people on. Awesome. Well, we're getting towards the end of the time. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with, with the listeners where they can find you, TikTok, Instagram, if you have a website, where are some ways that people can connect with you if they're interested in, in seeing some of your content or they want to learn more about the coaching opportunities or, or whatever it may be, how can they find you? So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. My handle is both at Life with Gentry. And in um, both of those on my bio, there's a link to a link tree that has a 15 minute free consultation. So you can set up a free consultation with me if you wanted to talk about coaching and see if we would be a good fit to work together. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty right there at the end of the episode. So that's why it kind of cut off a little bit abruptly, but I want to say thank you Gentry for coming on the show. It really was a pleasure talking with you today. If you guys are interested in any of her services or want to connect with her on social media, the links will be in the show notes. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.